But I think there's something to that. The more and more we get to looking for our truths, then you just got to start throwing out things that that disagree with that from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And to that point, and to your point earlier, I mean, does that not make us a heretic? Whoops. <laughs> so maybe we are. When the choice seems to be to tear down the church or build a wall around it, we aim to walk the narrow road of nuance through the wilderness between the warring factions and try to figure out what it means to love God and people well. Well, hello everybody and welcome to episode 35 of the Unbetween podcast. As you heard on our last episode, you know, there was a lot of talk about heretics and heresy and... Yeah, all sorts of things that we have kind of discussed a little bit for some time now, and we felt like it was necessary that we, we have a certain conversation on this episode. And as with so many of the things that we talk about, it's not necessarily that we're coming to the table with, here's what I think, and you should think the same thing. We, As you'll hear me say, I have some thoughts to work out, and I would, you know, I'd seek the input and wisdom of my friend Ryan and seeing if we can't come to some resolution. And I think we made some progress, but y'all will have to be the judge of that. Did you say wisdom for me? I did. (laughs) All right, let's do it. So heresy. (laughs) So heresy. How do we get ourselves into this situation? How do we get ourselves into any situation, really? Well, I like how you sidestepped the question that neither of us wants yeah. to answer. Uh, you know, I think it's something we've, I don't know what the word is, pranced around for a little while. <laughs> and uh, That's pretty good. <laughs> last episode, it was like, yeah, there's there's no more prancing. We're here. Yeah. Um, well, so, I, I, th- I, th- I think for my part, um, that's a word that I kind of react strongly to because it's a... Um, it's a word that I've heard a lot in my life. We, we kind of talked in our last episode about some of the um, stricter, more careful, more conservative, dare I say, more fundamentalist kind of um, things that I have been around, especially when I was younger, uh, growing up in church, and that probably some of those experiences are shared by a lot of our listeners, if not all of them, to some, to greater or lesser degrees. Right. And uh, the, that was kind of a word that showed up a lot and got applied to people who didn't tow the party or the denominational line sometimes. But um, I guess more recently, there, there's kind of this contingent of folks online who sort of see it as their role to police the gospel, for lack of a better word. And sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just come right out and say, like, we're that's, that's why we're here. And kind of in keeping with the theme of our last episode, I, I, I get it. Um, I think there's good intent behind it that we do want to in some way qualify or even define this is what it means to be a Christian. But um, I think the without the proper guardrails, what that can turn into is anybody who doesn't follow this strict theological camp is not in the family of faith is the way that it gets expressed a lot of the time. And that 
even if it's expressed cordially or even if it doesn't show up in the way that you treat people publicly in private circles in those kind of thought tribes. That's really what people think. If you don't agree with us, then you're not a believer or you're backslidden or something along those lines. So, um, yeah, and I, I don't know how many answers we'll get to. It, it's just that, like, on the one hand, the word heretic or heresy shouldn't come too quickly out of our mouths, kind of for reasons that we talked about in our last conversation, that there's the heretic in your head and there's the the way that you mature and grow in knowledge and wisdom and that the things that you believed strongly five years ago you may not believe now, not because you've deconstructed or apostatized or whatever, but just because you've matured as a believer and the Lord has taught you things and, you know, increased your understanding or whatever. But conversely, it's not like, well, anything goes and anything is fine and anybody who says Jesus is in the family either. So I don't know. I just, I think maybe there's an opportunity for further conversation about when is it appropriate to use the word heretic or heresy and when is it being uncharitable or divisive? So what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, and I think we need to back up a little bit um, and, and maybe even define it. You know, I saw a meme the other day I almost sent to you, and it, it had like four pictures, and it was like ticks, and it, it was like, you know, seed tick, dog tick, wood tick, and then it said heretic, and it had a picture of Rob Bell. Um, <laughs> And I couldn't help but chuckle and I almost sent it to you just because I knew we were going to be having this oh, that's good. conversation. But I think you raise a good point and, and it's maybe a good reason to back up a little bit and kind of say, well, what it, what is a heretic? What mm-hmm. does that mean? Because I think you're right. At times it's like, well, um, and, and maybe even especially in when, when you look at theological camps that can even biblically back it up, um, now, maybe there's one that's accurate, one that's not, I, you know, maybe there's mm-hmm. reason for that. But there's people reading the Bible and seeing something about God, because that's what theology is, is the nature of God. And they're seeing that, and this is what they're believing. Now, I do believe if you're truly looking for God in the Bible and not yourself, you're going to find who God is, and you're going to have a clear, you know, understanding of that. Yeah. Um, now, so, so it's, it, to your point... Just because we disagree with something there doesn't mean you're, I'm a heretic, you're a heretic, we're all a tick, or whatever. Like, or does it mean you're trying to get somewhere and this is just where you're falling at the moment? And mm-hmm. I think that's important to take note of because, like we talked about, there's there's this process of sanctification. And that looks different and it uh, for, for everyone. It takes a <laughs> different amount of times to go through different things, and, and we don't really complete it until you know, we're dead, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that's important to note. And then when we look at it, I think you have a strong reaction for good reasons, but I, I have a strong reaction probably for the other reasons of, I mean, there's people out here saying things that are very problematic and it's, it's easy to give them a pass sometimes when maybe we shouldn't. Hmm. And so I think there's kind of this, uh, maybe one side or the other, and then there's a middle ground that's healthy. If we can truly define what it is, what is, uh, something we're going through. You know, even you look at people who deconstruct, that's a process of trying to, it should be a process of trying to understand God better and your faith better and it not be something you were just told and all these things of rules and towing the line. Like it's, it's more than that. Um, but then what about the other side of, hey, this is just blatantly wrong mm. and, you know, we, we need to address this. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of things that come to my mind Um thinking through heresy and and just even the last, you know, 10 years, we've talked a little bit about a podcast you and I used to listen to 
quite often. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's things there that are potentially, you know, <laughs> over the line when it comes to, to that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, in your mind, how would you define heresy? Not by the book, you know, by the lines of, oh, well, you know, fundamentalism, this is how this has to be. And if you're not, you're a heretic. But like, truly, what what is heresy in your mindset? Well, that's kind of why I wanted to have the conversation, because I don't know that I have clear lines driven around it. Um, I'm kind of approaching as somebody who is bothered by the tenor and tone of the public conversation, disquieted, I guess. And I but I'm not wading in as somebody who says I have the answer. Um, Yeah. one, One of the things that I think is interesting is that if memory serves, the word heresy or heretic is not in the scriptures, is it? You know, I think there's some alluding to it. There is, but I, and that, that's what I'm talking about. We have a word or a couple of words that are loaded with meaning that have an understanding in a modern context that I don't know have quite the same. I don't know if there's an ancient equivalent. That, that's yeah, a question. I mean, Somebody what, correct what me. What comes to mind would be like the false prophet right. mindset. I think that would be um, the, the quickest thing. I'm trying to look and see if there is. Yeah, you know, others, and you're right. But also, those are not; those don't correlate exactly. And we can talk about the false prophet and false well, teacher and, thing and as well. And, and that's why, yeah, that, that's why I ask about defining it because I think it's it's even a broader term than what we think. Maybe you know, it's not blatantly in scripture, but it's also not blatantly even a religious thing. I don't believe when you mm. look at heresy and what it is. I think you know, it really, it's a kind of a belief or opinion contrary to whatever a group is now. I've seen some definitions that are that vague, yeah. like a, a group out there, a thought process or mindset outside of the group. And then I've seen some that blatantly address religious doctrine of some sort. Um, and so I don't know, you know, I don't think the one that uh, blatantly addressed it was Webster necessarily. Maybe that's what I need to pull out here. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I, I like looking at it. Let's see here. To disagree with the party leadership was heresy. An opinion, doctrine, or practice contrary to the truth or to generally accepted beliefs or standards. And so that's a pretty broad, you know, yeah, definition if we're looking at there that's not even just religious in nature. Okay, so this is from dictionary.com, heresy. Opinion or doctrine at variance with the orthodox or accepted doctrine, especially of a church or religious system. And then the secondary definition is the maintaining of such an opinion or doctrine. I think... Um, can, you, can you look up Urban Dictionary real quick? I want to get that one too. <laughs> this ought to be good. I'm kidding. Don't do that. We well, likely can't say it on air. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Heresy, actions, statements, and thoughts which fall outside of that which is in the holy light of the God-emperor of mankind, and thus into the unholy darkness of the ruinous powers. Inquisitors, through their holy judgment, seek out and destroy heresy wherever they find it, and through any means necessary, including the drastic measures of exterminatus. Yeah, no, so that's (laughs) it. Um, Now that we've got that, I... uh, That's pretty good. (laughs) So, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> trail there. I, th- I think point being is that um, I, I think it, it the word as it's under its modern definition entered the public consciousness through religious discussion. And so that's probably yeah, what yeah. a lot of people think of when they hear it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and that's typically how we use it. 
it was interesting to me that there was just kind of that vague, broad, you know, statement. Cause it's like, well, man, um, and then back to how we ended the last episode, maybe we're all heretics in some yeah, form or fashion, so. but I, uh, I think that's important to look at. And, and I think the, the false prophet thing, I mentioned that even just because I think that's a big, a big side of it, because I think, you know, a, a lot of things and a, a lot of when we talk about sin, it comes down to your motive. Mm-hmm. And when we look at heresy, I think there are people, and you've talked about this a little bit, who aren't necessarily out to get anyone. This yeah. is what they believe. This is what they think is important. And they're trying to uh, share that with others. Now, I think that's that's a careful line because it doesn't matter really what's important to us necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's what a scripture says. So I think we have to be careful with that. But I think there's some people who maybe don't have it figured out, who are teaching from a view, from an innocent viewpoint, let's put it that way, but are maybe stating some harmful things. Then I think there are others who at this point in their life, you know, know what they're preaching, teaching, saying, maybe is the better way mm-hmm. to put it, yeah. is harmful, but they continue to do it for the power, the money, the platform it des- deserves them, affords we, we, them. Right? I think in our last conversation, we we quoted the Apostle Paul about their consciences are seared as with a hard, hot iron. Right. And I think yeah. that th- we've said this a lot, of, a lot of times in these conversations that I don't think for the most part, somebody gets up one day and is like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to teach false doctrine or, yeah. you know, kill somebody or, or whatever the ex- extreme is that, that makes us wonder, how did this person end up in this spot? It is a slow war of attrition against our souls with our flesh and with the enemy that eventually you look up and you're like, wait a minute, how did I, how did we get here? Or you don't <laughs> look up, you're just down the path. And yeah, I, I think there very much is, cause I, I mean, I know, I, I know people personally, and I have, have been this before who have taught things and then later come back and said, you know what? My understanding of this has changed and here's where right. I am now because I've studied more and I've prayed more and I've accepted instruction and I don't, I don't any longer hold to that view or, you know, whatever. And not even necessarily apologizing for it because we can't help necessarily where we are at a given point in our lives, you know, given our level of maturity and what have you. Because no matter how good of a job you do, there's still room for growth there. We are, we are children who are trying to be like our father and we'll, we'll never right. get it right perfectly, but with his help and with the leading of the spirit and the mind of Christ, hopefully we look more and more like him every day. So it's just, it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think you landing on motive, like the question is how do we handle it when it happens? And something I thought about when you were talking is how does it benefit like the false teacher or false prophet or wolf in sheep's clothing question what am I getting out of it? You know? And yeah. I think there's a difference in, well, just I thought this and now I don't. And I've thought it in good faith and versus I thought this, but it's beneficial to me to continue in this line of thinking. So like we, we mentioned yeah. the, uh, the, the shiny happy people documentary and quite apart from the Duggars themselves, it, it gets into the weeds of the kind of larger thought movement that they were a part of and the leaders of that. And, you know, these are people that financially and, and in other more nefarious ways, uh, quote, benefited, <laughs> quote unquote, from continuing to teach things that were harmful. There's a distinction there, I think. But yeah, no, there's a difference. And then when we look at kind of what, what people are trying to do, we, we talked a little bit about comfort. And I think there are people who, they're, they're not really seeking to be more like Christ every day. Hmm. Even in the Christian, so to speak, camp, 
there are people who are really just seeking that comfort. And, and I think more and more what we're seeing is people come against something that culturally is being accepted. And because the Bible doesn't agree with it, they say, oh, well, then that's not what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Bible says this, or it means this, you know, so that this is okay. And that's just not how it works. I think, I think we might be onto something here in that I wouldn't, I would hesitate to say, here's a def- a working definition of heresy or heretic, but it seems as though the difference is whether you're so selfishly motivated or not. Like, uh, I remember, um, yeah the late Michael Heiser talking about high handed sins in the old Testament, that there were some things it's just like, you know, good and well what you're doing and you did it anyway. And that gets a different consequence. And so, um, I think part of what, like we're led astray when we want to let ourselves or somebody else off the hook and call it grace. So a lot of the kind of attempt to redefine the morals of the scriptures, especially when it comes to sexuality, for example, are rooted in, seems to me, trying to allow us, they're basically about satisfying our own desires rather than trying to hold to an ethic and a way of life that brings yeah. life that God designed. And, and yeah. I, don't, I don't just mean that for, for like, um, I, I don't just mean that for people who are same-sex attracted or who are gender fluid or whatever. I, I think, like, I see heterosexual you know, cisgendered people doing the same thing, trying to find excuses for why they should be able to have all the sex they want or that their partner owes them all the sex they want or whatever. It, it, it's, it's such a wide spectrum of things. And at the root of it is, I think, to a point, is, is I want what I want and I'm going, to, I'm going to try to mold the truth to suit that rather than the other way around. I wonder if that's a better way to think about or define heresy. I, I think it is. Uh... And I think there's there's a lot of other things that come down to that motive. I mean, I, I was thinking a little bit this week and uh, just even thinking about, again, as I looked at that definition and just that kind of broad landscape, I mean, there are times where we say things that may sound her- heretical just because it's not what the church is generally espousing. I mean, Jesus mm-hmm. was labeled a heretic by oh, many totally. because he was going against what was culturally and, and you know, religiously the norm. Now, he knew more than they did, right? And so there, there's a difference there. And, and so I think we have to be careful because just because you say something that's maybe labeled heretical does not mean you're necessarily a heretic or that you're wrong. I mean, again, there's the side where you could be figuring things out and, and you are saying something that's problematic, but you're not trying to divide. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's still a heretical statement, but but you're, you know, hopefully you're in community and can receive correction for that is what I would say. I think but that's, I do think, yeah. I do think we just have to, to be careful because it may be that, you know, you're labeled that when you're trying to bring people more toward the truth. Mm-hmm. But because you're in this group that's so far from it, you're labeled that. And more. so so the it, it's I think you're on to something about the community bit, because yeah. um, accountability is different than policing. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what I think of when I think of the word heretic or heresy is that people's attempt to police the gospel, not to, not to protect or hold people accountable to it, but to police people's response to it. And in the kind of Western Christian tradition, a lot of the conversations around heresy or heretics have to do with the powerful religious structure punishing people who don't agree with whatever the religious party line is, basically. So thinking of people 
you know, thinking of the Inquisition, thinking of the Catholic Church in particular, their their history with how they dealt with um, what they would call theological aberrations, um, what like John Calvin's response to some of the people that disagreed with him, the response to Martin Luther, on and on. I, anyway, to talk returning to kind of the policing conversation. Uh, I think when the response is not of loving brothers and sisters trying to, in love, that's a lot of loves in one sentence, to correct or to lead or to shepherd somebody that they feel is an heir, it's instead, you have committed the crime of thinking something different than what, uh, than what we have all agreed on, and we're going to punish you for it. Either you get in line or you will be punished. I think that's another thing that I think of and that I've seen from certain theological camps is it's not, man, we're concerned about you. It's like, how dare you even say anything that is not what we have, is not part of our theological system. You freaking mm -hmm. traitor. <laughs> Almost, yeah. I feel, is what it's like sometimes. Like the whole, the whole farewell Rob Bell thing. I, I right. forget which... Do you, do you recall who it was that said that about him? I don't know, and I didn't follow it closely. Was it John Piper? I'm not sure. I know okay. Francis Chan wrote a book. I think, in response, kinda, yeah. In response to... Well, what, uh, what to I mean Bell's, is there, there is a prominent Christian leader, thinker, pastor, theologian. It may have been John Piper, but don't quote me like that, who after the book came out, just tweeted, farewell, Rob Bell. And mm. a lot of people were like, yeah, standing up for the truth. And then a lot of other people were like, dude, what? <laughs> how is this in any way a loving response? And so... But it was that, John Piper. Okay. You're right. All right. But that also begs the question, what, at what point do you take a firmer stance on things? And how is that... How, how is the constructive way to do that? A lot of what we yeah. talk about is that things are complicated by platform, that if it was just a group of people in a local church setting, it, it kind of wouldn't be as big of a deal. But because people are writing books and building platforms and are known and have millions of social media followers or whatever, that suddenly your words carry a different kind of weight. Yeah, they, they do. And, and I think, man, I think that line's important. That's what I was going to ask you. And, and you kind of got there before me. Mm. Uh I think there's a point where we have to stand up, where we have to address it, and I think doing so can can also get you in trouble with people, right? But mm -hmm. you know, it's something I've referenced a few times on here is that uh, American Gospel documentary yep. Yep. or the American Gospel documentaries. I think there's two of them now that I've watched. I think they're working on the third one, and it, it kind of comes after some people. Uh, now, I highly recommend it. I think it's great, and and there's not really anything in there that I would say I disagree with, but it does come after people who are teaching things like, you know, the uh, prosperity gospel, mm -hmm. or who are teaching um, kind of li little God theology and different things like that that are popular, and even just addressing like, hey, this is stuff we're listening to the music of in our church. Mm -hmm. Do you know what they're teaching? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, then there's the whole question, well, then do you throw out everything because the pastor's speaking, you know, things that may be heretical are, mm -hmm. is this music that actually, you know what, these, these songs here are pretty solid, you know, theologically or biblically or whatever. Are they now negated because the person who they allow to teach the church is, has some pretty, you know, dangerous mindsets. I, yeah. I think it's, it's a tough, 
a, kind a of conversation. It is, and it's further complicated by scripture itself and the people who wrote it and yeah. the lives of the people who wrote it. Because using that same slide rule, you'd have to throw out a lot of the Psalms that David wrote because while he had moments where he was following God, there were a lot of moments when he didn't and his life did <laughs> not end with him following God. They ended with him instituting a coup against one of his sons, basically. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just, I think it's that reactionary policing that, that bothers me. Um, and, and that I kind of want to, that's one of my motivations to talk about because I, I, I definitely have convictions and I believe some things are true and it doesn't matter what you think about them. But if we don't speak the truth in love, then we know what Paul says that we are. I mean, and, and I think that's a lot of even why we got into doing this is because, look, there's things that we see that are blatantly wrong. And mm. and when you come against that, what you, you have often are groups of people who are shouting are sitting quietly watching, mm. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and on each side. And, mm-hmm. and typically, unfortunately, the people who are sitting quiet, I feel like are more knowledgeable than the ones who are screaming, yeah. but they uh, they can't be heard because you've got so many who are just loud on the subject. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't have these opportunities to sit and to talk with people who disagree or don't look for the opportunities. They're probably there. We just, you know, that's uncomfortable, so let's not do that. But because of that, that there's just not anything happening different, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we've got people yelling. You've got people who know what they're talking about being quiet and Man, all we do is, is I mean, to your point, you know, clanging symbols. Like, that's, uh, I mean, not a great way to uh, to have conversation. And so that's part of why we wanted to do this, you know, and, and to try and find that middle ground. I hope what, what we could implore folks to do and what we hopefully are going to try and do is either not to be... I think we, this is something we say at work, we want to be hard on ideas but not on people. And hmm. conversely, we don't want to be um, too soft on people either, which may may sound strange, but because you know, part 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 of the the kind of the more obvious there there are kind of two obvious responses that I think are happening. One is to paint with a very harsh, broad strokes brush brush that if you don't agree with these things you're not in the camp and we will come down as harshly. We are servants and protectors of the truth. So we feel justified in coming down on you as harshly as we need and calling it accountability or calling it uh, protecting the truth or whatever. Conversely, there is, I think a response that, that calls itself grace that is actually just licensed to, to continue to live in sin and to not die yourself. Yes. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Enabling that says, well, we don't want people to feel bad. We don't want people to feel ostracized. We don't want people to feel the pain of wrestling with their sin nature. So we're going to make it easier. Now, I don't think that's the way that it takes shape in any of our heads, but that's what ends up happening is the whole, and I, I wanted to, I want to have an episode about this, but the whole, I can't worship a God who fill in the blank. I've heard a lot of that conversation from kind of the other side of yeah of these issues and it's just like bruh (laughs) you better slow down on that because um to quote john mark comer 
the real God is anything but controllable and you are not an authority on what he is or is not like. And we don't get to sit on that throne and decide which attributes of God that we're okay with. And that's easy to say. It's a lot harder to kind of live out and practice. But I feel like that's the other side of it is that either we're being so harsh with people who don't line up in every way with the way that we think things need to be, or we're so lax on them that our, or, that our orthodoxy ceases to be anything meaningful or even definable or discernible. And it's just the spirituality of convenience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that's what a lot of people want. Um, hmm. That they, they don't want the... When, when you look, if you truly read in Scripture and look for what it means to follow Christ, it is anything but what we've made it. You know, it is uncomfortable, it is challenging, it is not safe. Mm. And we live in a culture that teaches you to pursue comfort and a life of ease and safety. And so that that's really, people aren't following Christ because you shouldn't be following Christ to get those things, right? Now then mm. you've got the whole prosperity gospel that kind of gets into that and things, but it's um I don't know. There, there's the whole wheat and chaff thing, right? And I think you get into that a little bit when you start thinking through this uh, and kind of exploring what's important and what we've made it and it's, it's so difficult that I don't even know if I know what I'm saying anymore. Like I, <laughs> It's I just think we've made it something it's not. And so, of course, we come up to things like this. And I mean, I think the true, to, to your point a second ago, the true way to kind of deal with this is if people were being discipled, you know? Mm, I mean, yeah. of course, having a thought that that may not line up completely because you don't know isn't, yeah, that's that's going to happen. But if you're being discipled and you're, and you're in a place of accountability, someone's going to lead you through that instead of scream at you, right? I mean, yeah. leading someone through that and teaching them is better than screaming them through it. Like, that's not going to work. It's not going to help things. It's just going to make it worse. And I had uh, an interaction with, with uh, somebody a few years ago in which um, we were having conversations about these kind of things, frankly, and this was somebody who had some questions about the way church was done and what, you know, what they had grew up in and <clears throat> the nature of the Bible and all this stuff. And so I went up to the office to meet with them and they had started the conversation with somebody else <laughs> already. And I walked into a shouting match because oh, they, man. they were quite far apart, the, these two folks. And it was like, <laughs> it, it's like you plucked each one of them from central casting to represent their, their different viewpoints. And there they yeah. were just bouncing off of each other. And at some point, one of them turned to me and was like, what do you think? I was like, I think this is not what I showed up to do. Like, this is a yeah. shouting match. And that's like, I'm not into it. I'll happily talk to either one or both of y'all. But this this is not good or or constructive. Yeah. And it was a shame because like one of them had honest questions but those questions really, for lack of a better word, scared the other person, I think, or they, they weren't in the mindset to have their entire way of life questioned in this way. Very, we're very uncomfortable with it. And, um, and I don't say that to indict either one of them, because when you feel things strongly, you tend to respond and react strongly when they're called into question. And 
that's that's what was happening. These two were calling each other into question. And if you don't have, yeah, there's there, I guess there's no easy way to do that. Um, it takes work and patience and love and all those things and catch catch any of us on the wrong day and we may not respond that same way. I, I certainly have many instances where I haven't responded. We know when I was in kind of late teens, early 20s first, and first started asking questions, I got really mad at what I saw around me that felt like it wasn't lining up with what scripture teaches about how to do church and love people. And I just went around starting word fights with people and that's not constructive. And I had to, I had to grow out of it basically and learn that like, dude, just because quote, you're right. Doesn't mean that anything that you're doing is helpful or constructive or loving. Yeah. Um, I can think of moments too. <laughs> um, not of you, but for me, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and, and, and let's, so if he, he who knows what the right thing is to do but doesn't do it does evil. Isn't that yeah. heresy? The the heretic in us all? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I, I think that's where where I'm at. I mean, there's a lot that if you're in community and you're seeking, I think is uh, is understandable, is forgivable. Is Not that it matters if, if we forgive, but like, you know, I think... I think there's a pretty wide array there now. Um, yeah, and, and to your point, I think it's important for us just to be all aware that we can easily end up there if we're not careful. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think back to a moment as you were, you know, kind of citing your example, I, there were there was a point in college where a good friend of mine had come and, and said something and um, that I, I felt was problematic and still would think is problematic and tried to have the conversation and when it wasn't go- getting through I quickly kind of got up in arms about it and you know really it cost that friendship for for a few years hmm. um, it's all fine now and but in hindsight even if I was right which I'm not saying I for sure was I feel that I was but I could be wrong right yeah. uh, even if I was I didn't handle it in the best way to help him and so you know, hopefully I've grown there. There's still times I get loud because there's passion and it comes out, right? But it's uh, definitely a, a warning and a reminder to to be careful how we communicate and how we talk to each other and to do it in love, you know. If you want to be heard, there's probably a better way to say things than yelling. Odd how that works, huh? <laughs> I think we landed on something that kind of makes sense, which is... Your, your motivation for, like, where, where is this coming from? Is it about benefiting you? Like, taking an honest look about it. How are you benefiting from what you believe and the platform that you build on it? So that's the, kind of the first thing. And then the second thing is that, well, if we just spoke the truth in love, then we don't need to use this word, really. Yeah. Because our motivation is not to say who's, in, who's on the team and who's not but our motivation is to make sure that everybody stays in the family. Yeah. Well, I mean, do we think there is, and I, and maybe this is another pop podcast or maybe we need to get into it more. I don't know, but is there a line where it's like, Nope, that is blatant heresy. And maybe we talked about that a little bit, but hmm. I mean, I, I think I, it, it, maybe it bears discussion. I, I go back to Paul's statement. I resolved to preach nothing but Christ and him crucified. And I feel like, Anything we add onto that is probably secondary. 
or yep. in Jesus case, like my, my work is this to do the, to do what I see my father doing. And we know what the father is like. Why do we make it so stinking difficult then <laughs> when it, when it should be that easy? Yeah, man. You know? I don't, I don't life know. under the sun, life combating with the law of sin and death all around us, I think is what complicates things. The, uh, we're just a bunch of idiots. <laughs> Stumbling towards greatness or trying to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the problem, though. We're we're trying to stumble toward our own greatness. All right, that's episode 35. And as you probably heard, these conversations always just raise more questions than they bring answers, it seems. But uh, that's that's the life of the believer, I reckon. Um, Thank you all for listening. We're going to keep doing these as long as we can. We are very much enjoying it and feel sharpened and and, um, kind of, I don't know, feel it's constructive. Mm. It does. And we hope it is for you all, too, uh, in that... You know, it's more than just something to listen to on your way to work, but it's uh, something to, to kind of help you grow and learn and have conversations that are difficult. So we would love to hear from you if that is the case. And you can find us by sending us an email at unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com. And I'm looking at Taylor to make sure I'm saying all this wrong. On Twitter, we are unbetweenpod. And then we're also on Instagram and Facebook. And you can look up unbetweenpodcast and find us there. He got it all right, folks. He got it all right. Hey. I have my moments. See, I was talking about wisdom earlier, and then there it is. <laughs> There's my y'all. wisdom for the day. <laughs> we'll see you on the next one.